0: Hey, Pi Tribe, buckle up for a new episode of the Passive Income Examiner, the number one podcast for budding entrepreneurs and business owners looking to diversify their income with passive strategies. Welcome to Season 2, focused on building successful online businesses with evergreen marketing solutions. I'm your host, Lindsay Sutherland. Thanks for joining me. Good morning and welcome into another awesome episode of the Passive Income Examiner. I'm so excited today to have another fabulous guest, Ms. Kersha Campbell, who is a cash flow Maven. Kersha, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started.
1: Hey, thank you so much for having me, Lindsay, and the awesome work you're doing to, you know, connect with business owners and just support persons, you know, through various industries and organizations. So I do help business owners who are in a position where they are struggling with uh, increasing cash flows, struggling with managing cash flows, struggling with setting up financial systems that position their business to be cash positive and recession proof. So I partner with those business owners to, you know, set up their business in ways that they are saying goodbye to the frustration and overwhelm that comes at times with managing their business from, you know, different areas. So I started this business um I'm almost going into three years being on my own, but I've been in corporate, in the corporate world, you know, managing multiple portfolios with going through different industries. So I do have that background to be able to, you know, know, okay, what is it that makes a business successful? What is it that does not make a business successful? So that's pretty much how I started. I, Actually started after I had clients on the side in corporate, and after I had my twin boys, I realized now was the time to step into this role full time. It's something I've always wanted to do, but especially now with little ones, you need more flexibility and all that. So I decided that this was the time to just jump in. <laughs> Absolutely. How old are your are your twins? They're six years old. They were six in last August.
0: <laughs> okay. Awesome. Yeah,
1: keep me learning.
0: <laughs> oh, I
1: bet they do. I have four kids
0: and they're not <laughs> twins, but I, I can imagine having two at the same time is uh, keep you busy too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, good deal. So um, let's kind of dive in and see what, I mean, obviously we have to address the reason why your job is important. And, and I mean, just from my perspective and correct me if I'm wrong, seems like with COVID especially, more and more businesses are struggling to kind of keep up with the same models that they had before. But, um, you know, even then, a lot of times, and I'll use myself as an example, my sister and I, we inherited my dad's floor covering business. Um, So in some cases, maybe people are taking over a business or business models are changing with the times and people aren't keeping up. What are some reasons that uh, you found that companies end up using your services?
1: One of the key, one one of the main reasons I do find is that they are, you know, they have no financial records, their finances are disorganized, they don't have financial systems in place to track their transactions, to analyze what's happening. So basically, it's like they're just going out running their business based on emotions and the number one reason that businesses fail is lack of paying attention to their financial numbers, lack of having that cash flow. So especially with COVID, what we found was it, you know, a lot of businesses they did not have that foundation. There were there were no systems. They wanted to apply for certain loans, government funding. They were not positioned to do that. They did not have the required numbers reports to submit. And that is, you know, that was a key thing coming out. They just were not prepared for that. And it's something a lot of business owners, I I find it happening. They think, okay, having a business, okay, just going along, I might have CN Healthy bank account when I log in. It looks okay. Things are fine. And at the end of the year, it's a stake in my box of receipts or some numbers to a tax preparer. However, if you want to position your business to be recession-proof, position your business to be profitable, cash positive, to really last, you need much more than that.
0: Yeah. Do you have certain industries that you find you end up working more with than others? Or is it Smaller businesses versus larger? Is there any sort of, I guess,
1: similarities? Um, It varies. It depends on the strength that the business have in terms of the skill set and the support. Larger corporations, they're going to have, most of them have that expertise. You know, being in corporate myself, there are several departments, several structures, several experts that have to be on board in a corporation. However, with the small, medium-sized business owners, most times they start out as solo and that's okay. However, as they grow and scale, they don't pull for the necessary key persons that they need on their team. So I do find myself working with a varied organization, various industries. Um, My heart is with those in the construction world, the contractors, the trades, but I do have clients outside of that. And again, it depends on what their setup is like. So I have worked with persons who they're in food and beverage, right? They They don't have a strong team, And they need that support to really maneuver those storms. So it depends on the skill set that they have, the team that they have as well.
0: That makes sense. Absolutely. I could definitely see the contractors. we, We took over floor covering business and um, it's it's like you're a one man band in a way, so it is hard to keep up with those and hire a full time accountant and all that fun stuff. So, you know, you got to track your mileage and there's just so many little moving pieces, and all you want to do is focus on getting the jobs and getting the jobs done. <laughs>
1: getting and and, and job. that is so, yeah, and that is key. And you mentioned a good point that sometimes the, one of the ter- the deterrent is okay the cost. However, there are a lot of options. You can have an outsource accountant and outsource CFO on demand CFO and they're different packages that will work for your business. So you know it it all depends on where you're at. But think of it that okay, is it cheaper to have the systems in place or to correct it? Right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That's yeah
0: exactly. You're right about that. Well okay so if you had an example or let's say you have a client that I don't how would they find you, first of all? I guess that would be the first question. Is uh, would they be searching for somebody to help them in that in that capacity?
1: Yes. So what I find most times persons are they are at the level, okay, they know they've started out in business. They know that, okay, this should be happening in a business. I need to have key reports. I need to review my numbers on a monthly basis. They realize, okay, I'm not keeping up. I thought I could manage. So they reach out for help. So I've had clients who six, seven figures. They've never had a formal structure in terms of using an accounting software. They have never looked at reports such as a profit and loss balance sheet to really analyze what's happening in their business, to position them to grow scale, to be recession proof. So they know from there that they need help, right? And sometimes just by education, they might hear of Okay, this should be happening in my business. Oh, it's not happening in my business. So they reach out for help. So different ways it, it comes in in that. And, uh, you know, they might reach out in different ways, depending on where they're at in their business and the struggles they're having. Sometimes they're having constant bank overdrafts and they, okay, I need help to figure this out. It could be they're pulling in six, seven figures. However, there's no way to manage the money. So monies are coming in, it's not being managed. So they're still out of pocket at the same time.
0: Okay. And so what, um, what do you, what's your first step when you start looking at a business and, and taking them on as a client, kind of, how do you evaluate their situation?
1: The first step is usually to assess what is happening. So if they do have a finance, if they do have an accounting software system, I take a look at what's happening. So I look at, okay, what are key reports saying what are the numbers saying What's their sales like what what's their expenses like getting into certain ratios is this reasonable is this not reasonable i take a look at their balance sheet how strong are they you know so i take a look at what's happening if they have no systems no reports then we work to prepare those reports so getting information from them to Produce reports to okay, assess what's happening in their business. So it all goes back to the numbers. So it's not how popular you are on social media. It's not okay that I might have a healthy bank account. It might look very fat. It's it's deeper than that. So it's looking for key signs to say, okay, what is the strength of this business? What's really happening? And then that's the first step. And then we work now to say, okay, what are your goals for the business? You know, and then we assess what what are, you know, what, what's the likely next step to really take your business to greater levels to get your financial systems effective and working in your business.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, maybe we could use like a success story or somebody you kind of found and kind of explain how you walked them through the process and how you were able to help turn their business around that way, maybe kind of create a visual for our listeners to understand.
1: Okay, great. So I had a client about, I think it's about our third year working together. So they had started their it was their first business. They very experienced person, so they stepped out into the role to have their own business. Okay, they were struggling with getting all the financial, the financial records and numbers together. So they reached out. So we started working together. I set up the systems in place, effective financial systems. We had a flow going to track, analyze what was happening in the business on a monthly basis. And within the first year, they were positioned to they actually, you know, doubled the in in terms of their revenue, their client base. They were positioned to by another business within the first year right and subsequent to that they were positioned to you know win major contracts right so it all goes back to the numbers so that was a very exciting story because it's just it's just a solo person right just one person this is my business i do have I'm 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 ready, I'm serious, um, you know, I want to ensure my business is set up for success. So they know they needed help. They actually started out trying to figure it on their own. And a lot of persons try that, and that's fine. But afterwards they realize this is too much. I need the expertise on board to be able to track my records, to, you know, have key reports position me to pay less taxes. That's okay. another way that I see business owners, you know, paying. So much in taxes when they don't have to because they don't have a tax plan. So it's having all the moving parts in your business integrated to position you to really increase cash flow, to be recession proof and so much more.
0: This episode is brought to you by Kajabi, the platform with a full suite of world class online business tools working seamlessly together. I've been using Kajabi now for nearly a year, and I'm absolutely in love with this program. Prior to Kajabi, I was experimenting with other platforms, and so many of them were not user-friendly. They were difficult to get online pages to sync up with the cart, or getting opt-ins and emails to be easily set up. I was beginning to dread the time it was going to take to set up a simple landing page. Honestly, I can say that since working with Kajabi, I have been extremely happy. I can't imagine leaving for any reason at this point, mainly because it saves me so much time and it doesn't give me a headache. Listen, I consider myself pretty tech savvy for the most part, but that doesn't mean that I want to be a tech genius every time I want to put together an offer. Kajabi makes it so simple to create online products and it gives me the tools I need so my marketing is synchronized. I really can't say enough great things about Kajabi. If you click the link in the description, you will get a free 30-day trial with Kajabi on behalf of the Passive Income Examiner. So be sure to check out the description. Now back to the show.
1: Do you have podcasting questions? Are you looking for a community where you can learn and grow as a podcaster? Hi, I'm Greg, creator of Indie Drop-In Network. Join me and Jeff Townsend, aka the Indie Podcast Father, on Twitter spaces every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern for Podcasting Power Hour. Every week, we are joined by experts on different aspects of podcasting to help the community learn and grow as creators. We tackle questions from podcasters at every level. Just go to podcastingpowerhour.com for links to the space and to hear previous episodes. That's podcastingpowerhour.com.
0: So, so your company is uh, much like a CPA and then some. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so you're taking, you're doing the accounting part of it, but you're also coming from the angle of uh, a strong business financials and understanding how to set up his, a company up more than just how to get the taxes done. Because sometimes I think, and, and this is from my own experience, a lot of CPAs are just like, well, how? what's the most accurate way we are going to do your taxes. And it really has nothing to do with how are we scaling your business? How are we helping you grow? How are we using strategy? It's just simply, I want to get it done and I want it to be done right. And I want it, you know, very much about the accuracy. Um, and they're, and they're, so I guess in a way, it's a window. Their their mindset is in a window. It sounds like you really have a more global picture going on and you're able to help them go beyond just getting their taxes done to maximizing what they, their company can get with those books, so to speak.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you made a good point because accounting has been a term that's used so loosely now. So there are different focuses of accountants. So you do have accountants that are going to focus on getting your transactions in the bookkeepers. So they are now focused on recording your transactions. Then you do have the accountant who's going to focus on preparing your taxes. So they're not tax-minded. You're just giving them your information. They're plugging in numbers. This is your tax return. In the middle, you do have now what's called the CFO, and it varies, it can be one person doing all things. So that other focus now is going to be how can you save on taxes, tax planning, a definite strategy to save on taxes. That CFO also is gonna help you to how can I save on costs? How can I reduce costs? How can I be more profitable? How can I increase in my cash flow? How can I reduce a risk? So the CFO is looking at the global picture of what's happening in your business and positioning your business to scale, to grow. you know. So it is important that as a business owner, you're connecting with an accountant, be clear about what they are doing for your business because in the ideal world, you need those three categories, those three areas of focus, On your business. And again, it can be the same person. I do recommend at least two persons for separation of functions and control purposes. One person might miss something, the other person might pick it up. So definitely be clear as a business owner what your accountant is doing for you. Don't be misled, right? Well, and also,
0: I think. I, I mean, my day job is working for a log home manufacturer. So it's, again, it's construction and they're, mm-hmm. they're doing well. It's everything seems to be good, but the question might be, um, I've noticed that my, my, my supervisor struggles with finding an, uh tax preparer that is on call when he has a question like, Hey, you know, how do we file this? Like, is this, is this something we can write off or not? Ted questions where it's, it's, I don't know if it's because we're in a small town um, (laughs) and there's not that many people or what the case may be. But I think sometimes you're going along and you wonder, am I doing the right thing for my business? And then having that person that you can ask rather than just winging it is a really valuable asset.
1: It it is very valuable. And again, there are a lot of persons there who can do that. It's just about finding that resource person, but definitely if that person is there because the relationship I develop with my clients, they're gonna make a purchase. Oh, Kershaw, I'm gonna make this. What do you think? Should I do this this way? Should I wait until next year to pay this dividend to take an increase? So having that right person who will help you to, you know, strategize to save on taxes. Then you build that relationship, but it's not going to be like one of those tax repairs that you just, you know, take your numbers to and they prepare your forms. It's gonna you're gonna have to find a tax expert or an accountant who is going to be able to do that because when it comes to saving on taxes, it's looking at that global picture: your business, your personal situation, your goals. M- making the best mix of all that, just have that tax plan that definitely makes you save on taxes. So yes, there are definitely persons who can do that. It's just about finding and connecting with them. And again, it depends on where you are, but there's some preparers, some, some tax planners, some tax experts, accountants who are operating throughout different states different provinces and again you know it it just will depend on what you're looking for but they are definitely out there and you, you'll be able to find them for sure i think and it's worth finding them to sound save like it sounds like it
0: yeah i mean just after just a few minutes of us talking i'm i'm over here going this makes so much sense why people need somebody like Ursha <laughs> so- I mean, I'm really curious. Are you like? Do you have? Are you able to help people all across the United States or Canada, or do you have a certain market that you're in, or how does that yes, work? So
1: again, it depends on the needs. So when it comes to um, certain tax preparation, I do have partners, I'm based in Canada, so I do have partners in the states who will work with the person, my clients in the states, to help them to save on taxes. When it comes to the overall CFO roles, and I'm able, I do have clients throughout Canada and the states. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. but yeah, able to position you to connect you with the person definitely who will help you save on taxes and so much more. Okay, so let's talk about cash
0: flow because I mean obviously that's what the passive income examiner is about <laughs> is creating cash flow. And um, I was curious like how maybe you focus on on that in businesses. Is it just through a tax strategy or do you have um, other
1: ideas? So no, there are lots of other cash flow is so massive. (laughs) So for example, when it comes to cash flow, one of the first things I look at when it comes to my clients, after we have a clean books, it all starts with having a clean set of books, financial records. So after that's done, then the next step is how are we positioned to increase cash flow if they're struggling with cash flow issues? So it could be your sales, are you at the right price point? Pricing can make or break your business. So what is your sales like? Do you understand your sales cycle? You understand the needs of your clients, right? Because all those will impact your sales. Do you have, are you positioned to have a constant sales coming in? Even if you're seasonal, even if you're a seasonal business, there are definite ways in which you can. Position yourself to have, you know, constant stream of income coming in. Then again, we look at the expenses. How is that looking for your business? Are you paying too early? Are you not, you know, are you paying too early? Are are there ways to reduce your costs, reduce your expenses? So we get into all that as well. And then again, we look at certain items on the balance sheet, for example, accounts receivable. That's a key way in which a lot of persons have monies that are out there. There's no plan, no strategy for collecting monies that are owed to you as a business owner. You find that, okay, two, three years, persons are owing you and you're like, okay, what's happening there? We think about the impact of the time value of money. A lot of persons don't Think about that when it comes to your business. So it's looking at all the different moving parts, the different areas when it comes to managing your, your cash flow and thing. Another way is to, you might say, okay, I, do, I don't sell on credit, but however you have a third-party provider, are those funds coming in? You might have used a credit card or third-party merchant. Are those monies actually coming into your business? Some persons are not even aware that, okay, this money didn't come in as yet. So it's getting into all those strategies. You might say, okay, I'm getting six, seven figures. So I'm comfortable. However, you have a, still have a problem because there's no money management plan in place. So monies are coming in, but you don't have a plan where, okay, you need to save, you need to reduce your debt, reduce your costs. So it's getting into that global view when it comes to cash flow because it does impact so many businesses. And as we see with COVID, a lot of businesses, they thought they were solid, but they didn't have the, the resources to survive for about two or three months without getting cash coming in. Right. So, again, do you have that buffer amount of cash where you can survive in the event of, of a downturn? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, what I'm curious about is how, okay. So, I mean, I've heard stories like, for example, hairdressers who couldn't see clients, you know, and some of them got really creative and made little baskets and started selling, you know, Hey, I mixed up your hair color. Here's this. And, you know, or others who started uh, a home-based business where they started going to clients' homes, you know, people were able to pivot and stay functional but I think like construction, for example, is one of those where it's not necessarily that easy to come up with a quick kind of, um, I guess, backup plan, so to speak. And then, of course, a lot of states, the uh, cities were shut down. You couldn't get permits. So we saw that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm just curious if you have any resources or do you ever brainstorm with them to come up with off-topic suggestions or some way that they can still continue to earn money that's kind of, I guess, outside of the box of what they were doing?
1: Yeah, definitely. So one of the things was, um, for example, selling parts. We had some clients where... They were not able to offer certain services, but they had a stock of parts of supplies in their business. So that was one way they were able to get some cash flow coming in, selling what is it that they could sell, even apart from parts, looking within their business and what is it that they could sell. Could you sell some equipment, you know, strategies like those? What could you sell to really keep going? Another thing was yes, you were not able to get into the the client, and it depends on what was happening in certain states. But some persons, okay, they found creative ways to get in the home to minimize contact with the, with their customers. So that that was another way they still had the service going, but they minimize the contact that they have. Another thing that we found happening was some businesses were set up so risky, so they were focused on having a major supplier or major industry and so for example if they were just focused on you know serving the food food the food the service industry the food service industry it was shut down they were out there but what we do is okay one of the strategies I use I look at how risky my clients are set up so if they have one major client that's a big risk so they had just a food service industry, they risk of there. So encouraging them to say, okay, what if the food service industry goes down? You need to probably consider health. Health will always be around. You're always going to have the needs in the health sector. So opening up those other ways to say, how can you, um, supply and serve other industries? So it's, a lot about positioning in your business because we never know what can happen at any time, right? So yeah. it's just finding that right position and strategies to really, you know, prepare your business for these eventualities. Mm-hmm. Oh man, what good stuff. Yeah. I'm sure there were
0: quite a few grateful people to have you on their side <laughs> this past year. <laughs> That's pretty great. Okay. So, um, I guess, I mean, that was a lot. We just covered a lot in not a very long time, but I feel like we really got a good grasp and handle on what you're doing, um, you know, for people. Is there, if you, could you give any business owners who may be listening, small business owners, can, are you able to like uh, give maybe a couple of tips on things that they can do just just on their own, just to start? I mean,
1: obviously hiring
0: that was a big one.
1: Yeah, one of the key things I do encourage you to do is, Get your financial numbers in order. It might not be you personally, but definitely have that done. It could be using QuickBooks, you know, other accounting softwares, but definitely that's a, it. All starts with a good set of numbers because when you have a good set of numbers, you're able to okay position yourself to pay less taxes. Because one of the things business owners don't understand is. If your expenses are categorized in the wrong way, if your purchases are not categorized properly, you're positioned to pay more taxes. So you want to ensure that you have a good set of books, reliable set of books, accurate. You want to ensure that you have monthly reviews, at least in your business. A lot of business owners, you're going through, you are going through the year. You don't know if you made a profit or a loss. You don't know what's happening in your business. Let's change that. So, definitely start having monthly reviews in your business. What was my profit? What were my expenses? You know, should I change my price point? Should I change, you know, these services that I'm offering? I might be offering five services. Do I really need five? Is this one really profitable? So getting in touch with your, your business. I call it looking beyond the numbers, really getting that connection with what's happening in your business. If I have 10 persons on my team, do I need 10 persons? Do I need 10 contractors? What is the real cost of them? What's the labor cost ratio? So getting definitely in touch with what's happening in your business. And number three, have a tax plan. A tax plan is simply a way a strategy to save on taxes illegally a lot of persons are like okay it's too overwhelming when it comes to tax it's only the large corporations that can have savings no tax savings is applicable to everybody it all depends if you have that expert on board to support to guide you so those are the three takeaways i'd leave with business owners have a good set of books financial records on on track have your financial systems that are effective Number two, connect with what's happening in your business, at least on a monthly basis. Know and understand your numbers. It will position you to change strategy quickly and, you know, be in touch with us. And number three, have a plan to save on taxes. Okay, so...
0: Before I wrap up, you just made me think of a couple other questions. <laughs> just just <laughs> two, fine. I promise. Isn't but That's fine. I'm just naturally curious. You know, what can I say? That's fine. Um, <laughs> one of them was like, over here, I'm thinking over here about people who are just starting out in business, especially with COVID, especially with all these people who got laid off and now they're working from home and they're starting something new. We're talking coaches or um, course creators or podcasters, right? People who mm-hmm. are just solopreneurs trying to start out. And obviously in a lot of cases, they're probably not going to have an LLC or a corporation to begin with. At what point should they really start looking for maybe somebody like you or these things that you're talking about? At what point in their business, um, you know, is it when they make their first sale? Is it after they've been doing it for a year? Is there a certain time point where it makes sense?
1: definitely day one don't delay because a lot of persons will say okay i need to wait until i'm making money no you need to start from day one you need to understand you haven't even incorporated yet what's the best option for me in terms of my tax bracket tax plans your personal situation does impact your business so you might not the strategy might not be you know in effect or executed right away but you want to be aware so you plan towards that that strategy executing that strategy so from day one you need to have conversations with tax experts what do you suggest in terms of um setting up my business what's the way that's going to help me save on taxes your business structure just does impact the taxes that you pay number two you definitely want to connect with SDFO from day one too because you want to know Am I doing the right thing? For example, I might be pricing my products, my services at this amount. Is that the right price point, right? Am I being really cost effective? So, you want to have these information, these questions answered. So, I definitely suggest from day one. You also want to start having a good set of books from day one. Cleanup work is not cheap. I will say that <laughs> again. Clean up work is not cheap. So you're like, I'll wait until next year. It's going to, you're not, you're not saving any money because if we have to go back from your two years, three years, you're going to be charged. You might get a discount, but you're going to be charged for each month. You will get a discount somehow, but you, you're going to be charged. Right. So from day one, and again, Your strategy is customized to where you are at. That's the beauty of when it comes to financial strategies and that is okay. But from day one, have those conversations, you know, from the beginning. So you are really positioned from day one to be a successful business.
0: I love it. Thank you. Okay. So how can people find you?
1: So I am on LinkedIn as Kersha Campbell. I'm on Instagram as the cash lab and I'm also on Clubhouse as a cash lab now too. And I'm on Facebook as Kersha Campbell. So it's at a Kersha Campbell or the cash lab. You're going to find me. (laughs) Okay. I'll make sure to link you in the, in the comments, of course, but definitely
0: I like to put it out there in the audio so people can, you know, find you. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being a guest today. I mean, what a wealth of knowledge. And I'm just uh, truly grateful that we're able to share this with people, even if they're just getting started, they need to know. And uh, thank you for being here.
1: Yeah. And thank you so much for having me. And, you know, I just want to encourage business owners. It can be very overwhelming. It can be, you know, frustrating at times, nerve wracking, but think about why you started your business. Think about generations that are depending on your families, you know, clients that are depending on the success of your business. So give it your all. And it doesn't have to be overwhelming if you have the right team, the right support on board.
0: If you like mommy so Olivo of you. Thank you so much for being a loyal listener. I am truly grateful for you and if this podcast has inspired you in any way, head over to iTunes and leave a written review. I would appreciate it so much. Thanks for tuning in and thanks for helping to spread the word by sharing this show with your friends.